We are speaking again about leadership and growth today. So if you have your Bible or your electronic device, just turn to Acts chapter 6. Acts chapter 6, we will be reading from verse 1 to verse 6. Acts chapter 6 from verse 1 to verse 6. So, I am reading from the ESV. The, the Word of God declares, Now in these days, when the disciples were increasing in number, a, co a complaint by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. Verse 2. And the twelve summoned the full number of the disciples and said, It is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the Spirit, referring to the Holy Spirit, and of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer, referring to themselves, now the apostles, but we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And verse 5, And what they said pleased the whole gathering. And they chose the following individuals, Stephen, a man full of faith, and of the Holy Spirit, very important. And Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Permanus, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. Then verse 6, These they said before the apostles, and they prayed and laid their hands on them. Then in verse 7, in fact I'm going to read until verse 7, the Word of God says, and the word of God continued to increase and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. God bless the reading of his word. Now, we, we see here in Acts 6 verse 1, the word of God declares that in, in these days, when the disciples were increasing in number. So, I just want us to reflect quickly. When we look at Acts 5, we, we spoke a lot about Acts chapter, 5, Acts chapter 5 the last few weeks. And in Acts 5, we picked up a few things that we spoke about a couple of weeks ago. In Acts 5, we saw that grieving the Holy Spirit is not an option in the spiritful church. Remember when we spoke about Ananias and Sapphira, grieving the Holy Spirit. So we spoke about that a few weeks ago and we picked up in Acts chapter 5 that grieving the Holy Spirit is not an option in the spirit-filled church. And then in Acts chapter 5, we also noticed and we came to understand that the Holy Spirit empowered the apostles to bring liberty to the oppressed. Remember when we spoke about liberty in the spiritual church, we also spoke about the fact that people were delivered from demonic possession. Some people were set free from sickness and diseases. And, 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 and that was important. And we spoke about 
liberty in the spiritual church, which was also found in Acts chapter 5. And then also in Acts chapter 5, the apostles were beaten. Now listen to this. They were persecuted. They were beaten through the orders of the religious leaders because they preached Jesus Christ to the people. They preached Jesus as the Christ to the people and they were beaten for that by the religious leaders. So I want us to pick up the last verse of Acts chapter 5. Is not only a verse of boldness in the face of that specific persecution that I've just mentioned. It is not only a verse of boldness in the face of persecution, but it is the transition from Acts chapter 5 to Acts chapter 6. The last verse of Acts chapter 5 is the transition from Acts chapter 5 to Acts chapter 6. In other words, if you look at the last verse of Acts 5 verse 42, this is what it says. And daily in the temple, listen to them, they have just been scorched, they've just been beaten by the religious leaders for preaching Jesus Christ. And the Bible says after they were released, and daily in the temple and in every house, they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. So in other words, they were scorched, they were persecuted, but they continued to preach Jesus as the Christ. You see there, and, and, and that brings me to the point, these people, the, the, the apostles, their consistency and determination in preaching and ministering Jesus Christ to the world resulted in multiplication of disciples. And that we can pick up in Acts 6 verse 1. We can pick up, we can pick that up in Acts 6 verse 1 because the Bible says, in these days when the disciples were increasing in number. So the last verse of Acts 5 verse, Acts 5 verse 42 says that they did not cease to teach Jesus as the Christ. And then the first verse starts by saying they increased in numbers. So their consistency and determination in preaching and ministering Jesus Christ to the world resulted in multiplication of disciples. The word disciple there means pupil or learner. Learner or follower of Jesus. That is a disciple of his word, of his doctrine, follower of Jesus Christ. So the spiritual church understands the significance of consistency and determination in ministry. These people were squashed, they were beaten, but they were still determined, they were still consistent in preaching Jesus as the Christ to those who were in need of the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is the church that would not even be moved by persecution. In fact, this is very important especially in the days where we are right now, that we understand that the church should not even be moved by persecution, that the church should be uh, consistent, the church should be determined, and the church should be steadfast in the faith. So the consistency comes with a stability found on the rock, Jesus Christ. They, they build their houses on, or their foundation rather, on, on, on Jesus Christ. They build on Jesus Christ. He is the rock of their faith. So their determination 
was a drive beyond words. They, they were beaten, they were scorched, they got warnings that, that you will die if you continue to preach Jesus Christ to the people, but they continued because they were determined. It reminds me of a statement, a statement that the late uh, evangelist Reinhard Bonnke made. He said that he will not stop preaching Jesus Christ until hell is empty and heaven is full. In other words, what he meant was he is so determined to preach Jesus Christ to the world that is in need of Jesus. Nothing can stop him from doing that. See, these are people, these are individuals in the church that understands that, com that the commitment of Christ is more than being a number in the fold. Let me say that again. The commitment of Christ is more than being a number in the fold. It is about becoming a Christ-like disciple, pupil, student. It is about becoming a Christ-like disciple who contributes to kingdom multiplication. These are people who, who do not just sit and fold their hands and say, I'm already in the fold and that is it. Now, these are people who understand that I am here to become a disciple. And, in, and, and when I become a disciple, I need to convert that into multiplication. In other words, I need to take the gospel to others so that they can hear about this Jesus Christ as well. This is the same thing that happened to the woman at the well that Jesus met in John chapter 4. What she received from the Christ, she went into the city and she gave to others. And it resulted in multiplication of discipleship, kingdom multiplication. You see, this is the church that produces spiritful people who would not take the gospel that they have received and sit with it, but they would give it to those who are in need of it. But then in Acts chapter 1, X chapter, sorry, X chapter 6 verse 1, we, we also see a, a specific statement there. That, that the church did not only multiply, but a, a problem arose within the church. It says that the Hellenists started complaining about their people being neglected. So, so when we hear the word Hellenist here, it refers to the Greek-speaking Jews, very important, not the Greeks, but the Greek-speaking Jews, who complained about the Jews from Judea, who was of the native Hebrew language. So they, 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 they started complaining that they were neglected, and these other Jews who were of the native Hebrew language were being prioritized. And they somewhat felt partiality in the church. That those of the native language were being treated better than they were. Which brings me to the point that partiality can be a huge church killer. Very important. Partiality can be a huge church killer. And the apostles 
knew it. The apostles understood this. And, and because they, they knew and understood this, they were not willing to lose all their hard work in the kingdom to favoritism. And therefore, I need to emphasize that no hard work in the kingdom should fall victim to the sin of favoritism. I'm going to say that again. That no hard work in the kingdom should fall victim to the sin of favoritism. And because the apostles did not compromise on this factor that I've just mentioned, they did the following in verse 2. Listen to verse 2. The Bible says in Acts 6 verse 2, And the twelve summoned the full number of the disciples and said, It is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. It is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. They summoned the disciples of Christ and explained to them at first why it is not fitting for them to serve tables. They gave a reason for their statement. Not that these apostles said that they were better than anybody in the fold or they were above reproach but they had to preach the word of God to those who were in need of it. They had to complete the mandate that was given to them. And because they have received their mandate from Jesus Christ, they could not step into another individual's mandate to complete that as well. Very important. Because they received their specific mandate from Jesus Christ, they could not step into another person's mandate and complete that for them. Very important. For you see, it is the duty of the minister to help you fulfill your ministry. It is the duty of the minister to help you fulfill your ministry. However, it is not the minister's duty to complete your mandate for you. Critical. The minister helps you fulfill your mandate. He helps you to discover your gift. But it is not his duty to complete your mandate for you. Thus God may use me to introduce you to your mandate, but it's, it is still your mandate. You see, it is critical to have people step into their function of ministry so that the preacher may give him or herself completely to the word of God. Very, very critical. Because the less stress the preacher is, the, the less stress the preacher has about preparation and execution of the Sunday service, the more effective he or she can serve the congregation. I believe, that, I believe there's a lot of churches that needed to hear that point. And I'm going to repeat that point. The less stress the preacher is about the preparation and execution of the Sunday service, the more effective he or she can serve the congregation, the Word of God. 
So the less distractions there is, the better the preacher serves the congregation, the word of God. And then in Acts chapter 6, verse 3, the Bible says, therefore, brothers, now this is what they did. They said, therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the spirit and of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this due to that, that specific duty that the people were complaining about. So now they are about to choose leadership for that specific duty. And this, this brings me to, to a few valuable points that the, that the apostles made here in this specific verse, in Acts 6 verse 3. They, they said to the people, you must choose leaders from among you, but these are the traits that the leader should have. And let's look at how a spiritual church chose leadership in this text. The first thing, they said they have to choose leaders that has good reputation and honest report. Good reputation and honest report. In other words, this is someone who understands the importance of godly character as well as being devoted to godly character. Someone, let me say it again, someone who understands the importance of godly character as well as being devoted to godly character. This person should also be known for obedience to the will of God. A person driven by the principles of God's word. If you, if, if you have to choose leadership in terms of the church, or where you are right now, or you want to dive into leadership in the church, these are very critical points. And then the second part, they said, these leaders must be full of the Spirit, full of the Holy Spirit. Someone that is, in other words, someone that is led by the Holy Spirit. Someone that is also filled with the Holy Spirit. Someone that is not only filled with or full of knowledge, but full of the Holy Spirit. It is great to have professionals working for the church. But it is, listen to this, I need to stress this. It is great to have professionals working for the church, but it is even better having the Holy Spirit working and dwelling in those professionals. And then they said, these leaders should also have wisdom. Someone, in other words, someone with godly counsel. Someone that will not make decisions based on carnal thinking, but someone that's understanding is already being enlightened by the Spirit of God. These are people that can make godly decisions without, being, without the pastor or the leader or the apostle or the prophet being around. These are people that can hear from the Spirit of God in terms of wisdom. And counsel. You see, the apostles could have easily said that they themselves 
would serve the tables to stop the conflict. Very important. They, they, they could have said, okay, let's, let's get to work. Let's sort the stable story out quickly so we can get back to the world. They could have easily done that. But that would be a temporary solution. And they knew it. That would be a temporary solution because this problem might have arose again the next day. Instead of them doing that, they went for the permanent solution. They went for a permanent solution by showing trust in the people that they discipled. Very important. They went for a permanent solution by showing trust in the people that they discipled. See, in the spiritual church, discipleship, and therefore in the spiritual, in the spiritual church, discipleship is more than a program. It is true purpose being discovered. Let me redefine it again. Discipleship is more than a program. It is true purpose in Jesus Christ being discovered. Therefore, they could call the disciples and say, choose from these, from these people among you men. Where's these traits? See people being released into their gifts for the service of the kingdom of God was being discovered. And this should still be discovered in the church. And then in Acts, 4, in Acts 6 verse 4, the Bible says, this is what the apostle said to them, but we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. See, the apostles' devotion was directly attached to their mandate. And them not being able to serve tables was not an excuse to do nothing. They, they didn't say, we, we cannot serve the tables at the excuse of not doing nothing. But, but the apostles knew that the reason why they couldn't serve tables is because they were busy with deliverance. They were busy preaching the word of God, spreading the gospel, fulfilling the mandate that they received in Acts chapter 1. And therefore, no preacher should be busy doing nothing while giving orders to congregants. You see, full-time ministry is not a vacation. It is rather complete devotion to your God-given mandate. Let me say that again to our leaders and our preachers. Full-time ministry is not a vacation. It is rather complete devotion to your God-given mandate. And then in Acts 6 verse 5, the Word of God says, And what they said, please, the whole gathering, the people were happy with what they said. And they chose leaders and Stephen was one of them. Now, remember Stephen. Stephen, the Bible says here specifically that Stephen was a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. Now, now be before I get to Stephen quickly, I, I want to mention that faith is an important factor in leadership for the spiritual church. You, you cannot only be full of the Spirit, but you need to be full of faith and the Spirit. 
For those full of faith and the Holy Spirit are those who do not often wait for the pastor or the preacher or the leader apostle. They do not wait for them, but they, they, they would rather pray for the liberty in someone's life. It's those who trust in God more than they trust in the leader or the preacher. You see, this same Stephen that is spoken of here, he would face the, the religious leaders without the apostles being by his side. And because he was bold in faith, he, because he was full of faith, he died for the name of Jesus Christ at the hands of the Jews. He was persecuted. You see, Stephen filled with faith and the Holy Spirit would soon be stoned to death for his faith in Christ. But he would never be forgotten in the history of the church. Stephen is known as one of the biggest martyrs in the history of Christianity. Not because he just decided to be a rebel, but because he was a man full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit being ready to do whatever to serve Christ. And then in Acts 6, verse 6, the Bible says, after they were chosen, they set them before the apostles and they prayed and laid hands on these individuals, on these leaders. Which brings me to the point that, that no leader chosen in the capacity of service in the church should skip the process of being prayed for. Let me say it again. No leader chosen in the capacity of service in the church should skip the process of being prayed for. Leaders especially, when chosen, in the church are always in need of prayer which is critical and and and, and this is this is where we we miss it sometimes because we we think that that leaders that they've made it in ministry especially preachers normally the congregations think that preachers are not in need of prayer not knowing and this is what i mentioned uh, a, a few weeks ago that preachers fight the same devil that the congregation are fighting. And preachers often need prayers. In, in, in fact, I believe one preacher made the statement and he said, I believe it was, it was Bishop Noel Jones that once mentioned and said that the congregation should preach for him six days a week, although he will only preach for one hour on a Sunday. Very critical that the congregation should always be interceding for the preacher as well as the leadership teams or the church board of the church. They are always in need of prayer. But like I also stated, that when these leaders are chosen, the process of prayer should not be skipped or missed. Therefore, even ashes in the church, before they can lay hands on people, it is critical 
that we first lay hands on them. Very important. The process is biblical. When leaders are being chosen, we should lay hands and we should pray for those leaders. And then, the last verse, verse 7 of Acts chapter 6. Now I said we are speaking about leadership and growth and I spoke about growth earlier as well. The Bible says after these people were being chosen, after these leaders were being chosen and they, the, they were laying hands on them and they prayed for them, this is what happened. And the word of God continued to increase and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. Beautiful. You see, because the proper process was followed, growth was inevitable. <laughs> Which brings me to two points. One, the word of God increased. The Bible says in verse 7. And two, the number of disciples multiplied. Very critical. That the gospel started spreading more. You see, when we choose spiritual leaders in the spiritual church, the word of God increases because the gospel spreads effectively. And then the second thing is the number of disciples, not the number of people, people that just walk in and sit around. No, no, it says the number of disciples multiply. In other words, people are being converted truly and fully, filled with the Holy Spirit, becoming followers of Christ completely. The number of disciples multiplied. And the Spirit-filled church understands the importance of receiving the gospel and giving the gospel in this context. You see, after you have received the gospel, it is a must that you give the gospel. For Jesus himself said, freely you have received and freely you shall give. You see, the gospel is not meant for us to receive it and start a small monastery where no one else come except those who are already in the fold. It, the gospel is not given to us to keep it for ourselves and to stay like this and say, and, and, and for years we've been saying this, that the smaller the church, the holier we are. The smaller the church, the more spiritual the church is. No! Cannot be. <laughs> For where there are spirit-filled leaders, spirit-filled people, freely we receive and freely we shall give. The gospel spreads and the disciples multiply. So we can no longer make an excuse to, to keep the church small and say that God wants it to be small. If the church is big, there must be false teaching. That is not always the case. The Bible says the gospel increased as well as the number of disciples. 
You see, where there's proper leadership, spiritual leadership, those with good character, full of the spirit, wise and full of faith, where these individuals are deployed, the number of disciples multiply in the church. We will no longer sit with people who only come as a means of attending only, but we will sit with Christ-like disciples. The number of discipleships will multiply. The spiritual church produces spiritual leaders that helps produce growth. Which brings me to the point, when we sow, very important, when we sow spiritual leaders, we will reap Christ-like disciples. Just write that down or type it. When we sow spiritual leaders, we will, we will reap Christ-like disciples. When the correct leaders are deployed, the church will enjoy growth both spiritually and numerically. And therefore I said we need to stop the excuse of we keep the church small. And when it's small, it is a godly church. And these excuses may often derive from a fear of increase and laziness to work in the kingdom. Let me say that again. These excuses may often derive from a fear of increase and laziness to work in the kingdom of God. See, Jesus himself said, he came to do what? I came to do the work of my father who sent me. He, he attacked his mandate. He did it with consistency and determination that we mentioned earlier in terms of growth. Show me a church that is kingdom-minded and I will show you a church that operates in growth, both spiritually and numerically. These are churches that wants to see the kingdom of God move from door to door, from corner to corner, from region to region, from organization to organization. They want to see exponential growth in the kingdom of God, but also effective spiritual growth. You see, leaders and gift carriers, these are leaders and gift carriers who no longer cares about taking the credit, but understand that God builds his church. These are the people that are tired of making excuses for not serving in the ministry. I'm going to mention that again. These are the people that are tired of making excuses for not serving in ministry. These are people that nominate themselves for kingdom work without being forced. And when they are but shy, they still volunteer because they know that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And I, I, I'm concluding by saying today, 
as leaders, we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit to be effective in the word of, in the work of God. If that is not the case, the church may suffer in terms of growth. If the apostles had to do everything themselves, growth wouldn't be there. But because they understood this principle, the church multiplied spiritually and numerically. I'm ending with a statement that Charles Spurgeon made, which is very profound and beautiful. Charles Spurgeon stated that it is the whole business of the whole church to preach the whole gospel to the whole world. I'm going to say it again, and I'm quoting. Charles Spurgeon stated that it is the whole business of the whole church to preach the whole gospel to the whole world.